So I, I was really like, um, I had my notes last night. We went over, I called Austin, you know, we did our thing. We, we go through the verse, he puts it online and so forth. And uh, yet here this morning, I, I can't find my notes. I can't find my notes. Oh, whatever. It's either going to be a short sermon or a very long sermon. <laughs> we, we do have a skeleton, so. Uh, but uh, I just believe God's word is good. And if we look at his word and we get some verses, and we talk about them and try to try to figure out what God is saying to us today that, that's going to be good. And it, the Lord's faithful, I call this message, Great is Thy Faithfulness. We sang that old hymn, Great is Thy Faithfulness. Really, when you think back over the years, and some of us have lived for a while already, some of us, and you think back, great, God is good. God has been great uh, faithfulness to all generations, but he's faithful to those who look to him. God is trying to reach people that aren't looking to him. He's, he loves all people, but he especially he is blessing those who look to him. And, and the problem with Israel over the years, you see the ups and downs that Israel struggled with trying to serve the Lord at first, and then they'd slip back, then they'd go good, then they'd slip back. And it was an up and down, it was like a roller coaster, a lot of lows, a lot of lows. A few highs, you read the Old Testament, all the kings, and Vernon's helping, helping me a lot figure out the, the, the years and all the kings. Most of them were raunched, wretched kings. There were a few good ones. But how many believe the Lord Jesus Christ is our king, our real king? We really need the King Jesus. And he's coming back for his church. And so therefore, we are uh, given the commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. So glad, so glad for, for, for his provisions for that. Here in Cross Lake, around the Brainerd Lakes area, down in the back rows to Aiken County, all you can just start to, start to branch out. There are people everywhere that need Jesus. To love on them, you win them over, you befriend them, you treat them, treat them with kindness, and it'll come back to you. you. You earn the right to be heard, so to speak. And so uh, I'm taking you all the way to an Old Testament. Lamentations, like what? <laughs> lamentations. Do you know what lamentations means? Cry out loud. I grew up hearing the word, the phrase, Oprah crying out loud. You, you guys do, you, were you in that era? Oprah crying out loud. And really, Lamentations is what that, they would actually, there were five uh, poems, so to speak, and they would, they would, had this dirge, kind of like a funeral dirge that they would walk and they would cry out. But right in the middle of this little five-chapter book. It's like a breath of fresh air. And that's where I want to go today. In the middle of chapter 3, beginning at verse 19, we read, Remember my affliction and my wandering, the wormwood and bitterness. Surely my soul remembers and is bowed down within me. This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never cease, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning, great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, 
Therefore I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. It is good that he waits silently for the salvation of the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, may your word come alive in our hearts. May your word stir us to faith and to love and to good deeds. May we be encouraged to trust you even when things don't seem good when things are hard, when things are, are confusing, and sometimes we worry. We place our trust in you because you are a good God, and you are so faithful in Jesus' name. Amen. Our first point is remember him. And so the writer is writing, he's, he's writing down these words of all the things that's happened because of the siege that took place You've got to realize that their whole town, their whole, their whole place, Jerusalem, was in ruins by the Babylonians because they destroyed Jerusalem and also destroyed the temple. That was the place where God showed up. So what happens when you take God out of a society? You have a collapse, right? When you take God out of a life, what do you have? A confused person. A broken person, a hurting person, a person that is afraid. But now we read these wonderful words. I recall to my mind. We start to think about the good things of who God is. Isn't it, isn't it a blessing to know that God said else, Jesus said this, I will send the helper, the Holy Spirit, to help you remember. How many need that? To help you remember us. We, we, we need to remember the things that he spoke to us. Remember the things that we read from the word of God. The helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things. He will teach you the way in which you ought to walk. He will teach you to trust in him. He will teach you to understand. The trust meaning, I don't know for sure what's ahead. I don't know how it's all going to happen, but I know there's a God. And so we begin to realize that it's not my efforts. It's not my strength that's going to help and carry through, but it's his strength. It's not my hand that's going to provide my needs, though he works to us, but it's his hand that is supplying our needs. He's our helper. We need to remember that. That we can only do so much, but he can do so much more. We need to pray the prayer of faith and let God take care of those who are sick. Pray the prayer, James says, pray the prayer in faith, believing. If anyone's sick, pray the prayer in faith. Believing God because He is good to us. His mercy is anew every morning. Now, I know a man we read in Scripture in the book of Jonah. You know this story, you know where it's going. Jonah didn't want to go where God was calling him. Hello? I don't want to go to Nineveh, God. I don't like those people, they make me sick. He had an attitude. And, and Jonah was so upset, and he was so disgruntled that he, I'm going to get away from everything. I'm going to get on a boat. 
Guess what happened? The violent storm came, right? And how they figured this out. And these people were on the boat said, someone is not living right. Well, they probably were thinking the gods, the gods, other gods. You see, Emily said it right, said it right the way it really is. There's a lot of religious, religious, you know, religion in our world. But there's only one true God. <laughs> and so Jonah's like, I'm the man. I'm guilty. So throw me over. And Jonah's like, I don't care if I die. I can't go to Nineveh. But isn't it interesting how his tune changed when a whale swallowed him up? The Bible says in Jonah 2, verse 7, this has got Jonah's attention. I was fainting away while I was fainting. I think he was just about ready to go pass out. I remember the Lord. And my prayer came to him into your holy temple. Here's a promise. I believe that people can be saved in the last moment, in the last breath, if they will turn to Jesus. But I don't encourage people to wait that long. You never know if you're going to have that chance. You don't know if you're going to be conscious enough to even pray that prayer. So we, the Bible says now is the day of salvation. It says now we want to serve the Lord. And our youth, in the book of Ecclesiastes, serve the Lord while you're young. All them young years, of high energy years, to go places and keep the pace. God is with our young people. And he's with our seasoned people. We had a, a letter, read a letter from our, one of our dear saints that, that supports this ministry. And she said, I thought it was really good. God takes care of his older saints. Isn't that awesome? God loves older people. And older people need the Lord too. And I was working at the job, and this fellow came along, and he was carrying a staff, like a stick. He just probably picked it up, and he's just standing there watching. He's, you know, I said, we're conversating with him, you know. I said, what are you going to do today? Well, he said, I got to fix up a threshold on a patio door. I said, I got one of them too that needs to be fixed. So he just kind of conversed. It was interesting. I finally got the nerve. How, how old are you, sir? Oh, I'm 90. I said, wow, how old do you want to live? He goes, till I die. <laughs> if we feel good, if the Lord's with us, we'll live, I believe, a good number of years. But that's never enough, is it? What about after death? The Lord wants us to remember him while we're alive. The Lord wants us to look to him now. Now is the day of salvation. And just simply, salvation is the Lord's part. Our part is to believe on him. You don't even have to understand all this stuff. As simple as this. Jesus died so I can be forgiven. My sins can be erased from all, all, all my past sins. And when I walk with him, he covers me. He keeps me. So Jonah, isn't it interesting? People have sometimes have to get in a tough place to remember him. You know, things are going good. It's like, oh, well, this is, we got the, we got everything. Everything's good. Everything's good. 
bam, crisis can hit, can't they? But we turn to the Lord. Philippians 4.19 is another promise to us when we remember the Lord, when we're faithful to Him, to give to Him, when we trust in Him. You know that Paul, uh, he was, it was his first missionary trip uh, to Philippi, and it was th- those people that gave to him and sent a gift to him, and he commended them on him. And following that com- commendation, if I can get that word out, that this verse comes into play, and my God shall supply all your needs. He was, he was commending the church that they gave toward his ministry, and he, then he's saying, my God is going to supply all your needs. Because when you give to God, you, you, you are sowing, and the, and the reaping will come back to you. And not only just monetary, I believe in, in many ways it may be blessing on your, your spiritual life, blessing on your your peace in your heart, blessing knowing on your children that God is with you. How do we want to be blessed? Yes, absolutely, we want to be blessed. Let's bless the Lord with our gifts and our offerings. Philippians 4.19 is a promise that the Lord is your source, not yourself. The Lord is yourself. The Lord gives you the jobs. The Lord enables you to do the work. It's God's Gifting given to you. And so as we remember that. Now, point two is rich, rich in Him. Rich in Him. How rich are you in the Lord? I'm going to turn to the book of Ephesians. And before we get to, there it is, Ephesians. We're going to do, we're going to do a second verse besides this one. In chapter 1. Chapter 2 talks and describes the the position that we were in before we met God, before God came into our hearts. He talks about a self-serving life. He talked about our nature that was sinful. And then it's like God, but God. In verse 4, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with he loved us, even when we were dead, even when we didn't have a clue, he made us alive with Christ, by grace you have been saved, raised us up with him, seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. How rich are you in Jesus? All heaven becomes and will become yours. You will join with all people that are in heaven, all the angels. You are rich beyond your imagination, beyond your even comprehension, exceedingly, another place in Ephesians, exceeding abundantly, beyond. And then I want to back up the first chapter in Ephesians, verse 7 and 8. Actually, I'm going to start in verse 6. Ephesians 1, 6. To the praise of the glory of His grace, which He freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of His grace, which He lavished 
lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his kind intention which he purposed in him. In other words, God goes over the top to save us, to save people. To reach down to people that are down and out, that never had a clue there was a God that would love them. People that are hung up on other kinds of things and views and living the way they've been taught. The gospel sets people free from chains of bondage. But the enemy wants to keep us bound to disserve self. Just seek what's good for you and live life for yourself. And God says, lay down your life and you will have eternal life. Jesus said there's a cross. We're going to follow him. The cross meaning that you and I also will also have trial. We will also have times where we're, we're feeling the pain of this world, of this life, of this body even that we live in. Sometimes we just want to be freed. I know Paul described it something Something that in that way in another place. I'm sort of torn. I want to stay here and minister to people that the gospel may reach more people. But on the other hand, I know there's a place called heaven where Jesus is, and that's where I'm going to end up for all eternity. And so you can't lose with Jesus. And so we are so rich. All heaven awaits us. We are rich even though we may not have things that other people have. I know my trucks aren't exactly show trucks. Come on. Yeah. I, I don't, it doesn't matter. It did, I mean, we get the job done. The real riches. Young people. We all need to make a living. But when you find your purpose, it's not just making a living, but while we're making a living, we're touching people. They're, oh, we're, what are the real riches? What is it that you, what is the only thing you can take to heaven? You think about that. Not going to be my guitar. No, and they'll have a new one for me. Not gonna take my truck, that's for sure. You're gonna take your neighbor. You're gonna take your your family. I so I got to thinking just now because Linda and Dan will remember this when Pastor Norman was active. He was our pastor growing up. He kept on preaching into his 80s and 90s, nursing home. I think he's pushing 100. But he would talk to people in the nursing home. 
I want you to be my neighbor in heaven. He just presented the gospel. He just loved on people. He led so many people. And we'd hear about neighbors, so-and-so. Did anyone pray with them before they died? Brother Norman died. Which is so encouraging. We all have the potential to touch someone else when Jesus is in your heart. And so you all become, we all become like missionaries. We all have the mission, the mandate to bring this gospel, this goodness. What will make your right life richer and richer is knowing that you made a difference when God appointed, made the appointment and you stepped into it. And you obeyed. That is what set your set your life on on fire. That will set you up. That will it just like it energizes you. That you want to do more for the kingdom of God. You are rich in the Lord, and so we get this this whole idea that the Lord's compassions never fail. Back to Lamentations, they are new every morning. The Lord. Riches will never run out. He is beyond our, even our ability to comprehend. They are new every morning. Aren't you glad they're new every morning? And see, we sometimes we get stuck what happened yesterday and all bothered about what even happened in a couple hours ago. And we can just go, but the greatness of our God is you have a new day. And wherever you're at in your life, you can have a new beginning. You can start afresh. You can have your slate, your heart wiped clean in just a moment. Have a fresh heart. The mercies are new every morning. Oh, wow. And so our third point. Have you noticed they're all starting with R? Isn't that cool? Remember, rich in him, reach toward. Now we're going to think about reaching. Reaching toward the Lord. What does it look like to reach toward him? Well, a writer remembered, a writer in Lamentations, thinking about his faithfulness. A writer says in verse 24, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. It's further than just mental. It's gets down into the soul of us. The part of us where we, we, we express ourselves before the Lord. We even groan as Paul talked about praying in the Spirit with groanings at the Holy Spirit. The soul part of us. And this soul is going to live on with the Lord if we choose Him now, forever and forever. Therefore, we reach toward Him. Jonah reached toward Him and Yes, the Lord was merciful. Even when Jonah didn't want to do the things of God. And Jonah remembered. And Jonah was spared. And then Jonah said, okay, I'm going to Nineveh. I got the message. I'm going to do what you called me to do. And thus, the city of Nineveh was spared from wrath. Spared from destruction. Spared from being destroyed. And God intervened. How many people have been spared unknowingly? 
How many people have been spared? Even maybe you can think back, I was spared a couple times in my life. I believe, I believe God spared me and kept me from being destroyed. We reach toward Him often more when we're in a place of hardship. There's been a couple times where I have literally cried out all alone. I have I've done just exactly, I believe, what the Lord was in me crying out for His help in a moment. And feeling then His presence immediately was there. That's how good our God is. He has our hand. Do you know the psalmist said, Blessed the man who is not hurled, what, headlong, because the Lord has his hand. And so, in other words, the picture is this. If I trip and I start to stumble and fall face plant into the floor, the Lord has your hand. We reach toward him. Remember when Peter, is that you, Lord? Call me to walk to you on the water, right? Remember that story? And Peter, he's on it. He's on his way. He goes. This is all a lot of waves. And he started to sink because he took his eyes off Jesus and cried out. What happened? The Lord took him up, raised him up. He cried. He reached out toward the Lord. All it takes is a, a breath, a moment of faith to reach out. God doesn't expect us to quote all the verses in the Bible. All he wants is your heart. Oh, we grow when we hide the word of God in our heart. But you... You just come as you are. You reach toward Him just the way you are. Remember the story Anna shared? I don't know, but some of you haven't heard this. When she was on, uh, I think it was a New York trip. There was a man, a homeless man, and he, she was talking, the team was talking to him, and, and, and this man said, well, if I go to church, I have to clean up. I mean... And he said, no, you don't really have to do that. And there's several, several instances that they were talking to this man. He, he, finally, he finally accepted the Lord and, and he showed up at one of their services and threw some God thing events. It was just so, so cool. Reach toward him. A moment. God saves us in a moment. The thief on the cross. It was a moment. And he reached out. Remember me? And so, a couple of verses out of Isaiah. In chapter 40, twenty-nine, we give strength to the weary. How many need a little that today? How many are going to need it next week? <laughs> to him who lacks might increases power. Though youths grow weary and tired. 
And vigorous young men stumble badly, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. What is our secret to being keep strong? Is that we draw from the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We draw from history. We draw near. We reach out to him. We talk to the Lord about what's on our heart. Talk to the Lord when you're feeling things in your spirit. Talk to the Lord about things that are on your heart. Talk with him. Ask him about it. What do you think? Lord, what do I do here? Just ask him. Make it personal. And he says, you, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. That's amazing. My question, am I trying to do too much in my own strength? Am I doing things with the Lord's blessing or am I doing it just my own? When the mountain is so big that you're overwhelmed, you need to stop and draw near to him. Time waiting on God is never wasted time. Whether you do it on a run, when you're running, whatever, whatever works for you. Time, driving, oftentimes driving for me is a, it, it's, Commuting with the Lord. I'm going to go to quite a few miles of work, quite a, quite a few miles. I know a couple guys. And it's just like, what, a, what an opportunity to just converse, reach out. You, you, you can never think, well, God is not, he's so busy, he's, he, he, he don't care about my stuff. That's not God. God wants every heart. Every situation, he wants you to trust in him. We back up into Isaiah chapter 30. There's a promise. Therefore the Lord longs to be gracious to you. And therefore he waits high on high. Isn't that amazing? The Lord waits. For the Lord is a God of justice. How blessed are all those who long for Him. O people in Zion, inhabitants. I'm going to skip now to verse 21. I love this verse. And your ears will hear a word behind you. This is the way, walk in it. How many have been there? And you stepped out in your day, not knowing for exactly how was this all going to, maybe you had a meeting, or maybe it was something going on, maybe it was just a, just a ton of things on the list that day, and all of a sudden you, 
You started to go out not knowing really exactly what you're going to say, what you're going to do, but you kept on believing God, reaching out to him, Lord, you've got to help me, you've got to be with me. And every moment, as soon as you got to the place, it was there, he was there, he was there. Every, every situation, everything you had to work on, he was there, he was there, he was there. You will hear a voice behind you. Whenever you turn to the right or to the left, what does that tell, what does that tell us about God? He said there's a narrow road. He talked about the kingdom. There's a narrow road that leads to me, but there's a broad road. And most people are on the broad road. Living for self, not knowing about Jesus. What does it do for us? Stir our hearts. We're going to be like the Lord. We've got to have more of his compassion. I need it. If I'm going to treat people the way God wants me to treat them, I need to wait on him. And draw from him. It is not what I can do, but what Jesus can do. And so we transfer the burden onto the Lord. And God goes with you. And God hasn't forgotten about you. Whatever has made you upset this week, God hasn't forgotten about you. God understands your heart and your thoughts.